Everybody, the con artist here. We're here to talk about Irizuku, um, the world in colors, or the world has so many colors. Um, it uh, it was the show we picked for our rolling review for fall 2018. So this was this was very unique. Like we picked a drama, which I I don't think we've done before. So that was yeah, neat. pretty rare for us. Yeah, very different. Um, so. Something, something totally new and, and a little tough, I think, to talk about every week just because it was so soft and fluffy. So for, uh, for those of you that did not follow along with the rolling review, the story is about uh, Hitomi Sukashiro. She is a girl from, I believe it's the year 2049 or 2048? Uh, 2078, actually. 2078. 60 years in the future. 60 years in the future. 2078. Um, and the setting is such that magic exists in the world in sort of a soft way. Think like a little bit like Kiki's Delivery Service. It's there. Everyone knows it's there. Uh, there are certain people that are born mages, so they can use magic without uh, magic dust. They tend to run shops that produce magic dust, and everyone else can use said magic dust for cute little things like... Walking on swimming pools and making planetariums in their rooms and good luck on a test or something like that. Like, cute, cute little things. Uh, Super minor, but, like, charming effects. Very, yeah, uh... Yeah, kind of, like, creative and nice. It was studies to see magic that didn't have to focus on, like, you know, destruction. Yeah, that was, that was intriguing. There really wasn't, like, destroyo magic. Um, so, so there was that. Um, so Hitomi, uh, tragically cannot see colors. She's lost her color vision quite a while ago, and her world is just kind of, like, dull and lifeless, and she's, she's very moody. Um, so Ep 1, Minute 1, her grandmother is like, <laughs> I love you so much, you're gonna go back 60 years and meet me. Okay, bye! And just, like, kicks her through the time continuum onto an adorable little bus, and, uh, she ends up 60 years in the past. And meets meets some people, starts going to school, finds her family in the past, and that's the story. And it's really just about her, um, you know, trying to figure out why she's there, trying to figure out if she can get home to 60 years in the future, and trying to see if she can figure out the source of her color vision loss. So it was a charming, charming little story. So I think we're going to kick off with all the good stuff, the stuff we liked about this show. Yeah, like I... I Either the animation was nice, I would say, and the stills, some of the stills mm. were really quite beautiful. Yeah, I would the say backgrounds the backgrounds are, are stunning. Gorgeous. Absolutely. Yeah, they, do, they do a really excellent job. And also, like, because Hitomi can't see color, you know, you'll have a scene where it's these gorgeous backgrounds and beautiful colors, and you'll be like, yeah, it's time for Hitomi vision. And, like, it'll be, you know, all grays and, and monochrome. So it does a good job reminding us that she can't see all these gorgeous things we're seeing and the few moments where she can see color are really impactful uh, as a result. So I liked that. They do a very good job of, I was a little uh, skeptical if they were going to really lean into that in the first episode because it would be like really quick snippets. And then as the show went on, they did it, if anything, more and more uh, as her shifting between being able to see colors and being back to monochrome uh, happened more often. So you're absolutely right that they did a wonderful job of communicating that difference. But I should also point out that even what she can see when she can only see in black and white or in grayscale 
is still remarkably well done, and they make the world still seem alive and everything. It's just that without that color, it lacks that, you know, for lack of a better word, magic to bring it all across. Yeah, it was nice. I really liked, um, right from episode one, the show-not-tell idea. So um, right when Hitomi, like, crash lands in 2018, she lands in, in this guy Aoi's room randomly, and she's like, oh, geez. And she's trying to escape his room, and so she's she starts tapping his window, and she's, like, really confused, tapping his door, tapping his window, because in her oh, time, yeah. technology has taken over everything. Like, all you, you, you basically have sort of, like, if you guys in our audience have seen Denocoil, you know, it's like that internet all around you, sort of touch screen, opens doors, and opens windows, and, and people use, like, this sort of, almost like Google Glass everywhere, in order to move about their day and she like doesn't understand mechanical things like opening a window lock is foreign to her and she just sits there struggling like what what do i do i'm trapped what is this alien device why won't <laughs> this window open when she has to use a vending machine the first time she just stands there like what is this and how do i operate it but never does she go you know, in my time, blah, 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 blah. And this is why I can't use a vending machine. She just, you understand that implicitly. So I really loved that, that show not tell type of thing. And they didn't dwell on kind of her not knowing things and they just move past it. And they're like, this is how to operate a vending machine. And she figures out how to open that window herself. Good girl. So I, I really loved that, that concept in the show. Yeah, I would say uh, also in, in general, I think the show did a really good job showing Hitomi's like growth over the course of it. Uh, like in my reviews, I kind of like early on, she was like, ah, why is it so heavy? Why do I got to carry all these heavy things? And I was kind of laughing about it. And like later in the show, she's like, let me help you carry that. I was like, oh, look at you go. But like other moments too, you know, relationships with all of her friends and taking on responsibility rather than kind of just sitting in the background. Uh by the end of the show, she's like nearly a different person. And I think they did a really good job showing the transition. A very smooth character arc. It doesn't yeah. feel it doesn't feel overly forced or uh, too much of a stretch. She evolves very naturally through her interactions with friends. And she starts to become more interested in artwork, uh, especially photography. She's part of the photography club starting from relatively early on. So there's a lot of opportunities for her to interact with all of these other people because she's sort of, in the future at least, she's shut herself off and kind of kept herself from having any friends and she feels like a bit of a sad sack at the beginning. But as you go onward, you start to see like she opens up. She, you know, she's still a little awkward, but she's she's an, she's an entertaining and engaging person. She's trying to, you know, put out there uh, her, you know, trying to come out of her shell and... I really did appreciate that as well. And the show, so eventually Kohaku, her grandmother who sent her back in time, like shows up as a character in the show that's her own age. And she's just like crazy full of energy, like the, the dangerous mage girl that everyone's always worried might blow up the school accidentally and somehow doesn't eclipse Hitomi, uh, you know, not all of the time when they're together. So that's also to the show's credit. Because when she showed up, I was like, uh-oh, this might be the Kohaku show from now on. Mm-hmm. It's easy for the show to veer, I think, into that when you get the, the loud and extroverted one. So I was happy the show 
kept Hitomi in focus at, at all times. I think, um, for me, the other big part of the show that was nice was how much these characters talk to one another oh, and yeah. work things out. This was really huge because I think the show understood its runtime. It it wanted these characters to work through issues. Like in in one instance, one character's got a crush on Hitomi and he just comes right out with it. Like it doesn't go very well the first time, but he just does it. He's like, hey, I like you. And I was like, I'm so proud of this show. And you know what? Instead of taking the rest of the show for her to awkwardly blush at him, she puts on big girl pants, goes up to him, and rejects him. And I'm like, good for you. Like, I'm so proud of you right now. Like, two of the two of the other, you know, Hitomi and Asagi get into a little oh, yeah. misunderstanding, and they work it out over parfaits, which is the best way to work out any problem, let's be serious. <laughs> uh and and I was like, look at you guys talking stuff out. Like when a problem comes around, you talk it out. And and Kohaku at one point is like, Hitomi, don't bottle stuff up. Like I am your relative. Everyone here cares. Let us help you. Tell us the truth. Like for a while, she's hiding her color vision, right? And you see all sorts of problems she has with that. And she eventually opens up about it. Like, she's really freaking out. She opens up about it, and it goes great. There's, like, an acceptance and a, okay, this is the new thing, and everyone starts taking care around that concept. Like, there was so much communication in this show. Everyone's super supportive. Yeah, no male characters had to, had to like, punch each other to get their feelings out, and no, no female characters had to scream at each other to get things resolved. Like, they did just talk. And it was nice. Yeah, one thing I wrote down in my notes was everything about this show is lacking cynicism. Mm. Like, I watched it. It's, it's another one of those shows that feels like a mirror. Like, it reflects how cynical I've become to the industry and things like that. Like, I was watching it and I'm like, oh, how come they're never talking about the fact that, like, this girl came from the future. Magic exists where we can just send this girl to the future. And she drops that on them at one point. She's like, uh, I'm from 60 years in the future. And everyone goes, oh, okay. They don't, like, bombard her with questions. Like, nobody really seems to care. Or, like, when she reveals her color vision and it's freaking her out. Or lack of color vision, sorry. And it's freaking her out. Her friends are so supportive. Like, everyone just surrounds her and is like, hey, you know what? Like, the fact that you can see monochrome, there's something very beautiful about monochrome photography, too. Like, you yeah, can exactly. probably take some amazing shots. Like, just just go for it with this camera. They all teach her photography. They open her up like they invite her to things. Every group setting is them caring about one another. Like no two characters are ever out to get each other. There's such a lack of cynicism. Like Kohaku loves Hitomi, you know, with no boundaries. The family from the past just welcomes Hitomi in. They're like, we will take care of you until we figure out how to send you home. Like... It's all so pleasant. Everyone is so lovely. And there's just a, like a genuine sense of softness and caring in this show that I I don't remember the last time I've seen something like that, except out of like a children's show, like very clearly built for like pastel world. Well, yeah. 
there's a funny thing about that. I, when I was doing some uh, looking into this show before uh, taking down my own notes, I actually discovered, I was like, something about this feels really familiar. Everyone, you know, everyone's talking to each other. Some of these relationships feel like I've seen them before somewhere. If and you're about to say orange, I wrote that down. That's the one. The, ah. the writer of this, Yuko uh, Kakehara, I believe, did series composition and, and scenario writing for Orange, which is another teen drama that we watched uh, some time ago. We didn't review it, should have, because that thing was fantastic. Um, and it's another show where, you know, teens work out their various issues and frustrations and, for the most part, do so by talking and by trying to understand each other, trying to communicate, trying to be empathetic. And that's where the drama comes from. Now, the drama in Orange is much higher, I would say, than in this one, but it bears a lot of the same... Uh, it, it bears a lot of the same marks, a lot of the same signatures. So if you enjoyed Orange, this show is definitely in your wheelhouse. Hmm. Yeah, it was it was amazing, and I, I really thought that community... You know, that level of communication was really impressive, and I, I liked that a lot of the characters were smart enough to figure things out. Like, I loved my episode with, like, the Kohaku on a mission for science, sort of, oh, episode, yeah. where she's like, listen, I know you two have the hots for each other. This is not kindergarten. Get together. Go. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> my goodness. I wish I wish it was more like this, you know. Are there other good moments, or should we move on to the to our, our cons super minor thing i just liked the fact that the club that she's part of the majority of the show is them spent doing club activities oh it's true they actually go take pictures of things exactly you know they're actually interested in the tasks and they don't they it, it does this it, it finds this nice balance in a lot of like club focused shows it either goes like super hard into the details where if you're not into that it's going to be a little alienating or they gloss over it so much, looking at you, Kaon, that none of it really matters. So... Kaon's looking back at you, Dan, with a mouthful of cake. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just nice to see that. Yeah, it's like they go on outings. It's like, hey, we're going to go to this park and shoot all of these things. Or like, this is our theme for the day. Uh, people oh, like, see... the, like the costume shop thing was cool. Yeah, yeah. the one where they That's do like the idea. Victorian shots. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it gives it gives them an opportunity to, you know, put characters into fun and interesting situations without having to like force it too much or, you know, it's like we're trying to put together this like magic photography show for the school festival and there there's like, you know, you have to practice the magic for it. You have to get all of the photos and the pictures and everything else set up and that gives the sort of the background uh support structure of the character drama and that is as interesting, at least to me it was, as interesting as the character interactions. So it does a really good job of it. its scenery, both visually and story-wise, is very well done. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll just end with one other item. Um, I did feel like the ending was very earned. I, I don't want to spoil the ending, but I will say it's it's uh, got an emotional punch to it. And I personally felt like it was earned. We spent a lot of time with these characters. And while you may not, you know, personally really care for every single member of the club, when they when they lay on that emotional piece... I felt like, yeah, you, you guys have built this for me so that this makes me feel the way you want me to feel. I'm looking at you, planet with. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, has, it has that nice um, emotional build 
and you know Hitomi's character arc really adds to all of it so I think it collapses at the end into something that was worth it mm-hmm. I also uh, found the the part near the very end of the show to be you know very moving and very well done so mm. I think that about covers the uh the major positives of the show and uh which now, are many so which good. are which are many and while I think the show is probably leaning its way towards a recommendation, there are some things that we got to bring up just for the sake of completeness. You know, no show is perfect, and this one has its flaws. So uh, what did you guys find that... Was there anything in the show that, you know, sort of put you off or you thought detracted from the rest of the experience? I felt kind of bad that non-Hatomi characters didn't get nearly as much development. Like, Kahaku and Yuido and Sho and Asagi to some degree fare okay, but man, Chigasa and Kurumi, like, I had to go look up their names. Oh, yeah. When I was writing this down. Like, they're kind of forgettable. They're part of the club, and the club as a whole is nice. But them as individuals, they didn't get much development at all, I felt. I think they got, like, maybe an episode. They had an episode, definitely. Yeah. And it was all, like, most of their thing was contained in that. Like, it gets back-referenced, but... Right. Whereas, like, Sho and Asagi, like, they're relationship is like hinted at and brought up over the course of many episodes and forms sort of a core part of the show and like okay you two I'm, i can get behind with this with the development mm -hmm. and like kohaku has a, a sort of arc of her own where she's like okay it's serious business time i can't be you know randomly using magic to blow stuff up anymore <laughs> right like i can't i can't do everything that i want to do even though i'm usually so confident and self-assured and that was that was pretty solid too I think I wasn't as perturbed by this. Like, I do agree, Chigusa and Kurumi do not get the development I think a lot of the other characters get. But I also, it's weird, like, um, and this is why I need Trigger to come back. Um, there, there's a, a sequence in Kiznaiver, just a really quick aside, where one of the characters is a, he's into... Oh my goodness. He he hurts himself and oh, like, he uh, finds masochist, it fun. Right? Masochist, thank you. I was like, come on, word, come to me. He's he's a masochist and at one point the I forget how it gets confronted, but they, they talk to him and he looks at I think the one girl who's very troubled and she's like, Okay, so what's your deal? And he's like, Ah, yes, right. You're waiting for me to have a deal, aren't you? Like some tragic backstory or apparent neglect or something. I don't have any of that just to shock you. I'm just me. And this is just the way I am. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like that moment sticks out in my head in, in anime history, in my mind. And I was like, oh my gosh, because you're always expecting every character to have that like clonad story <laughs> that goes along with them. And while I admit like Kurumi's backstory, it, it sort of comes out of nowhere. It gets one singular episode not everybody is super complicated. Like, real people aren't always that complicated. Like, Chigusa thinks Kurumi is cute and likes to take pictures of her ears and her. But at the same time, I thought it was kind of nice that unlike, say, Asagi, who's like really into show and he's like super oblivious, um, Kurumi, I think, knows. She's cognizant that Chigusa's kind of got the hots for her, but she's also cognizant that she's a third year and he's a first year. And she's, you know, he's also kind of a flirt. He's like, I like to take pictures of pretty girls. All the girls should pose for me, like in a cute way, not in a creeper way. 
And I think in her own way, she's kind of cautious. Like, there's a feminine understanding I had with her character where at one point she talks to Asagi and Asagi's like, are you okay leaving your relationship with Chigusa like this? And she's like, yeah, I am. And I think deep down she knows, I don't know that this is permanent. I'm off to university in a year. Like, there's all those implicit things that, like, she didn't have to say, but are implied. And I understood. And I think you had to read a little bit of subtext in there to understand that not everybody has to be super complicated and not everybody needs that. And I don't know that I needed that from their characters. So while it wasn't the development they could have had, maybe it was just the development that they needed. Just enough to be real people. That's a fair way to look at it. Good perspective. Although now that you've mentioned every character having a tragic backstory. Oh. Or uh, how about dun, Hitomi? Dun, dun, I, f- yeah. I, feel like, I feel like Hitomi's tragic backstory was, was kind of forced and out of nowhere. Like, for all the many positive things about the show, I was like, I don't know if... Again, did she need it? No. She can be reclusive and not have friends all on her own. She doesn't need a tragic backstory. See, it's funny because I actually did feel like she needed one. This part did bother me. <laughs> um, because her colorblindness, I think, was a, a metaphor. And I know I'm always the one that hypes the trauma. And I'm not going to use trauma in this. It's a very heavy word. There, there needed to be a reason that she lost the ability to see colors. Because I think colors was a metaphor for the flavor of life. Like literally being able to experience happiness and the positive emotions in life. You needed something jarring to have you lose lose that. So to me, her her backstory was poor. It was poorly timed. It was poorly placed. It had not nearly enough screen time to sink in and have, you know, you feel what she was feeling so when it gets dropped i almost just i got agitated more so than anything else i was like you can't just drop that in there now it's pretty big Mm -hmm. yeah that's a big reveal and on top of it it also has implications for kohaku and and so it's it's almost something you wanted that drama spread over more episodes because it it involved both of them and their lineage and it, it really wasn't given and i think on the flip side at least we got an explanation. Like, Owie was the other one who was infuriating. That goldfish Oh, yeah, man. that goldfish thing. Like, can we get some more, please? Like, where is his dad? I was waiting for the goldfish to symbolize something like that, and it never did. And it just kept following them around, guiding them to each other, and never was there an explanation for it. And I was like, guys, there's, you know, Kurumi and Chigusa and me being able to read between the lines, and there's utter opaque vagueness, which mm-hmm. is the goldfish. Like, this has no meaning. You have to give it some meaning. Agreed. Like, I wanted something out of that fish. So, yeah, some some shaky background stuff there. And also the uh, the ticking clock that they sort of put on the end feels... Oh, I was going to bring that up. I'm glad you did. Yeah, it, it, it isn't the worst, but it's also like this is a serious acceleration of our uh, of our plans. Like, if... If what is going on here with time magic is as serious as Kohaku describes it, then, like, the gloves have to come off and we can't be, like, all, you know, you know, cute and fluffy and whatnot anymore. And I understand that that was what, you know, that feeling of 
you know, relative li- relative lightness and slowly uh, opening up a character's uh, a character's perspective and them to the rest of the world was what the show was about, and that's what they wanted to keep focusing on, and that leads up to our uh, that leads up to our finale. But the way in which they sort of kickstart the finale is clumsy at best. Yeah, you got like I think too much focus on the magic itself and not on the characters. And then actually in the last episode also there was this this twist. I mean, spoilers ahead, folks, so if you're gonna watch this thing, maybe don't listen for a little bit here. Uh they had this twist where like Kaku brings up the last second where she's like, ah, the real reason Hitomi's going back to the future is that she's she's ready to go back to the future. And like that's why she's going back, not because of the time magic that I'm casting. It was like what? Why did we get everyone all excited and worried then? Like, that she was going to go back naturally on her own, which is what I had been expecting before you dropped the big time gap problem. So I don't know, I don't know, they like reversed themselves again, but it made everything that happened in retrospect feel unnecessary. So, I don't know, what do you guys think about that? I guess spoilers over, maybe. I'll take it a step backwards. The magic itself was a problem. Um, The magic in this show is very, very vague. Like, extremely. Mages can can cast spells. It seems to need an incantation and just focus. Um, some, in the beginning, Hitomi is not very good at it, so she ha- like she uses a pocky in order to, like, direct her energy. So it, it sounds like it's, like, it's you need a beam focus. It's the most delicious wand. Yeah, the most delicious of wands. There's a pocky for every mage, Hitomi. Um, so, <laughs> you know, she's just pointing it at things and trying to channel her energy, and later on like so so i'll just kind of cheat here the the pacing problems too because um midway through the show so hitomi is like floundering with this magic and then midway through the show she is like pro mage 150 percent like she's able to send people into artwork and we we never watch that happen it's literally like smash cut to hitomi being pro so that was problematic and on top of that you don't understand how the magic works it seems to be boundless like okay we can send some peeps back in time forward in time you know resurrect flowers yeah we can bring you know things to life this i harped on this really hard i was like why is no one concerned um so there's there's this boundlessness to the magic but it it doesn't matter until it does. Yeah. And exactly like what you guys were saying, like, oh no, quick time pockets. And like, it was like fate stay night for one episode. <laughs> and yeah, like, you're like, she stop making up terms. She could die at any second. And you're like, ah. right. Yeah, stop <laughs> making up terms. And why did you just like up the stakes 50%? And what, what on earth? So yeah, I think the magic needed a little more definition, a little more care and... I, I almost wonder if they didn't do it so that they could pull out like this time pocket nonsense to up the stakes, but then they get rid of it in the span of an episode. Yeah. Um, then they're like, we'll wait till after the culture festival. And it's like, why do you have time to wait now? Why are you allowed to do that? Because um, it so... was a smaller risk to cast on the new moon. Ah, That's okay. true. The, the new moon thing does does help them. Like we should only cast on that day or whatever. So I, I get that, but. Okay, so it just, it, it didn't feel like it had a lot of gravitas to it, ultimately, so I was like, eh, fine, and there sure. was a there was a montage going into the picture of uh, magic. That is true, and, and that was a nice sequence, but it was, it was just that montage, really. Yeah, it, it wasn't like, 
enough probably her character development got a got a good deal of play her magical development felt fast maybe that's just because we had that comparison to go with yeah and i think brendan you should probably take over with some pacing issues i remember you were the first one that sort of brought it up in in text in the rolling reviews so do you have anything more besides her magic just smash cutting yes you did uh her magic smash cutting to like surprise pro um I mean, again, like the time gap thing, that if they bring it up, it happens like twice in the course of an episode, and then it actually does not happen for the entire several days uh, that they have in the, the remaining episode, which is a little odd. Um, that's, I mean, that that's most of the uh, the pacing issues that I feel that I have at this point. Shoot, I actually, I would have to go back and reread those articles now. And the only other thing I could think of pacing-wise was, like, the Yuito-Hitomi relationship. Like, in the same episode. Like, oh my god, time gaps. Uh, at the end there, they have this, like, dramatic run toward each other, embrace, like, for the last time kind of thing. Which I felt like kicked their relationship several steps forward. And then, like, the next day they were kind of back to normal. Because, you know, they have two more days together. <laughs> like, it isn't the last time they're ever going to see each other. But they they kind of made it feel like it was. It's like the relationship so, equivalent of that awkward moment where you say goodbye to someone and then realize you're both walking in the same direction. <laughs> it was that's perfect. It was kind of like that. And like it did conclude well. Like the show concluded well and I was happy whatever would happen, but like for that one episode it was like, eh, I don't know, guys. Felt a little def- a little deflated, I guess. Yeah, I'd have to agree yeah. with that one. Um the only other thing and this is super nitpicky on my part, but with a show this slow with these gorgeous backgrounds and obviously so much care taken with the visuals of the show um there's some really weird stuff that happens with like the character animation that just it jumped out at me because of that because everything else looks so gorgeous i'm like you know i'm drinking in these backgrounds i'm listening to this really nice music and we're getting these you know these really nice shots of people in nature or in parks or like against a beautiful cityscape and all this stuff and it really hurts to notice. It's like, why is everyone's eyes so wide apart? Where is, who is checking these frames to make sure that you know this dude's eye is looking in the same direction as his other one? And yeah, there were there were some hiccups like that, or even it almost was like ended up being kind of the style of the show, like wide set eyes. Right. Yeah, I think Karumi suffers the most. Oh like my goodness! Her, oh, absolutely. Her facial structure is very odd, and her. Her hair almost feels like gelatinous at certain oh, yeah. points. Like there's a weirdness to her that I, I agree. She was definitely the one who suffered, I think. But yeah, the character designs are are odd with respect to just how much detail went into everything else. Yeah. So when it's it's not that they're necessarily much worse than your average show. It's just that a lot of shows tend to be faster paced, or you know, there's more motion going on, or things are a little bit wackier. So having these, you know, relatively realistically drawn characters in front of very, you know, detailed backgrounds, all of a sudden looking like, you know, they haven't been properly checked through, uh, just, it sticks out for the worst. Not a deal breaker by any stretch of the imagination, but it can be a distract, it can be a distraction from the rest of the show. Hmm. So speaking of whether or not there's deal breakers, I mean, that's kind of all I had for things I didn't like, and they're all pretty minor compared to the the good stuff you guys got anything else and pretty much it I for mean, me i wanted nope. to throw my hat into the backstory ring as far as like again not a deal breaker per se because the whole thing like it works out for hitomi but um i guess i want to i want to 
do a, a spoiler check on this one as well, since I want to go into a little more detail. You're right. We never go into any more detail of what uh, happened between Aoi and his dad and what the goldfish means and like why it works the way that it works. And like a lot of effort goes into basically s- like bringing Hitomi out of her depression. Mm. And I feel like in universe, uh, and, and this is because of a, you know, a stable time loop, uh, sort like bypasses this intermediate step i feel like if and as much effort had been expended in saving her mother from sort of the same thing like she wouldn't have had a problem oh that's an interesting point yeah her mother oh my gosh i feel really bad yeah now that i think about it crazy crazy grandma grandma dumbledore could have uh could have circumvented this entire problem i mean yeah maybe it wouldn't have worked quite in the same fashion but like it, it feels really awkward, and and I don't know. It, it leaves a, a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. Well, actually, now that you bring it up, there was also at the very, we're still in spoilers on here, folks. At the very beginning of the last episode, there's that like twenty second shot with Yuito being like, and one day she walked out of my life, and I've been sad and thinking of her ever since, and like that's it, like that's the end of his relationship with her. Is I'm super sad, even though I'm like a fully grown adult now. I was like, oh. Yeah, and we don't get okay. a lot of anything from anyone else uh, at that. Um... Well, the rest of them are all, they don't have to deal with time shenanigans. Like, they'll be fine. But I did feel bad for Yuito, and now that you mentioned it, I feel bad for the mother, too. Like, one of them is probably dead. Uh, because she goes to a grave in the final scene. Ah, right. right. I think that about wraps up the spoil the spoiler bit unless there's yes. more detail to put in but uh yeah overall i'm gonna say i'll recommend it you know with some minor oh, yeah you know yeah with some, su- some super minor uh some super minor uh details that make it less than perfect but what is uh maybe spoilers again actually a friend of mine sent me a little breakdown of how he felt about the show and he was very impressed that the show took the angle of uh, and, and he was using, I th- I think he was you know, using um, monochrome vision as sort of a metaphor for depression uh, and s- showing that like the way that they get, the way that Aoi gets Hitomi out is by showing her that she has earned it, that she has helped him and that she does deserve to be happy, which is the question that she sort of rhetorically asks her grandmother when she gets back. No, oh, yeah. That is a very good point. Wow. That is not that's, uh, that's not a part of it I had thought about um just wrapped up in the you know the overall metaphor of the show, but you're right. That's actually a very, you know, that's a very positive message and a very interesting way of doing it. So So yeah. So hmm. uh, yeah, it does carry a recommendation for me for those and all the other reasons that you guys have pointed out as well. Yep, recommended here too. How about you, Sue? I absolutely recommend it. It was really pleasant, really fun. And if, if just to to enjoy something that has no cynicism to it, it's a, such a pleasant experience. So I do recommend it. All right. Unanimous. So uh, go watch it, folks. Go watch it. Good times all around. All right, everybody. Um, so I guess that wraps us up for this uh, fall season of 2018. Look forward to the next rolling review coming out uh, early in winter of 2019. Enjoy the new year, and we will talk to you all again soon. Bye from us. Uh, Bye, folks. Bye.
This is a podcast by the con artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game-related content, please visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening. Yeah.